listening to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in McKeesport, PA, the friendly church in the heart of town since 1885. We're located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport. We invite you to join us this Sunday for worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Our celebrant was the Reverend David Kinsey, and our musical director and organist was Georgia Labetta. went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If, if any want to, to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes to the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Seated, please. I'd like to take you back in time, especially if you're over the age of 60. Do you remember your first telephone number? Anybody have a gonna give me tell me what their phone number was back in uh, yes, Marcia. Six seven eight four zero two five. Write that down. <laughs> I can remember our phone number it was Colonial three nine four. 
That was way back before Marshall was born. Orchard, orchard, yes. Uh, but it's interesting uh, because in West Virginia, my parents had a, farm, a dairy farm down there, uh, and uh, they had a party line. Now, some of you remember party lines. You know, you'd, you'd pick up the phone to, to talk to somebody or to, to ask the operator, and someone would be talking, and so some people would listen. <laughs> that's, how the, that, that's how the rumor mill would start. Did you hear you know, what Helen's doing down the street, you know? Uh, and then if you had an emergency call, you would say, this is an emergency, uh, and they would all hang up and you'd make your phone call. But uh, from that point on, the, the telephone system had just been really changed drastically. I can remember uh, in all my travels uh, with the airlines, going into uh, an airport like Greater Pittsburgh Airport, and there would be a bank of telephones, and there'd be like 50 in a row. And they had stools in front of them, a little desk there, you could call somebody. Uh, and, uh, of course, you couldn't carry that orders, so you would dial the operator and give her a credit card number. And then she would credit your account, uh, and, and, and then you would get billed for it uh, on, on your regular telephone bill. Uh, I go through airports today, and you're lucky to see one telephone. Because everybody has these little portable things that they have them attached to their ears and everything, and uh, and it's just a whole. In fact, there are some there are some homes, and maybe some of you are. There, uh, AT&T. I was getting all nervous about that because the phones in your home are going away, uh, and because of all the cell phones that people use. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had the distinction of having one of the first cell phones. Uh, in Pennsylvania, prior to the cell phones, my operator was in McKeesport. And I had to drive to the top of a hill to call, call to Marie. Marie, this is 394. Could you dial this number for me? And it, it was interesting because I never did meet Marie and I was on his phone for a number of years. Uh, but it's changed drastically over the years because now, you see, we have these cell phones uh, and uh, that's a whole new generation. Uh, I'm sure some of you remember Dick Tracy talking into his talking into his watch. <laughs> that that has arrived. <laughs> In any case, one of the things that we teach our children, and I might say that uh, I say this very lovingly, a child, in most cases, is a direct response reflection of a parent. Uh, if, if, a, if a child has grown up in a home that's abusive, physically abusive, the child will grow up normally to be an abusive parent. Um, but one of the things we do teach our children is when you go off to college, you can understand this, Pam. When you go off to college, it used to be you'd get on a bus and travel to wherever you went to school, and then the secret code was this. Call home, collect, and ask for Jim Smith. Jim Smith doesn't live there. But if you ask for Jim Smith and say, I'm sorry, Jim Smith's not in, say, thank you very much. That's a signal that you arrive safely. Now, what did we just teach our child at that point? To cheat. If, if, you're a ch if you're a young child and you get on a highway and you see your parent or guardian 
going 75 miles an hour in a 55 mile zone, what does that tell the child? Well, honey, you have to understand, the police understand that you can go a little bit faster than the speed limit. It doesn't say you can go faster than 55 miles an hour. It says 55, not 75. And so the way we teach our children is a direct reflection on how we teach them, how we teach them to cheat. Uh, you know, sometimes you'll get these, uh, uh, like U.S. Steel and some of these executives come home with piles of, of, of pens and, and papers and stuff, you know, and for their home use. Uh, I'll never forget there was a friend that was president of a union, uh, and he told his children that the company expects you to steal from them and take that kind of stuff. They expect that. No, they don't expect that. It's just, it's just what we teach our children. Uh, I'm going to tell you before I talk about a collect call. There's a gentleman who comes to this church. His name is Joseph. Some of you know, may know Joseph. Joseph is a street person living here in McKeesport. Most street people live as a street person because they chose to live that way. And by the way, Joseph normally comes to to our 8 o'clock service. Um, And I also understand, based on what I have been taught, that most street people are mentally unstable. And so my norm is to, if you choose to live this way, God love you, but I'm not going to help you live this way. And so my dad would always go past a, 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 per, a street person, always would give money. The only time I give money to a street person is if they're an amputee or missing a leg or they're blind. Um, I was here in church a couple days ago, and Joseph gave Daryl the gentleman that cleans the church, $8. That's all he had. Gave it all. He took off his watch. And gave it to me. I honestly believe As scripture points out, there are people in the Bible that are reflective of Jesus. He was here this morning, and I was telling that story, and Sharon, our great secretary, locked up the watch. And I told him, come Monday morning, I want you to come back and get your watch. She said, no, no, that's yours. No, I want you to have it back, Joseph. I don't know, and I'm not being facetious by any stretch of the imagination. Joseph could well be Jesus Christ. That's the thing that frightens me. By saying no to somebody who is begging, that could well be Jesus Christ. Daryl's going to take that $8 and take him to lunch. Today was the first day 
I gave him money. We gave him a cup of hot tea. You see, when we get a collect call from God, sometimes we don't want to pay the price. I was standing outside of St. Thomas Episcopal Church a number of years ago. And I was having a cup of nice warm coffee, greeting the people as they were coming up. And his car pulled up right in front of the church. And an elderly gentleman got out, and he had two daughters that probably were 15, 16 years of age. He said, Pastor, I need some help. Now, normally, street people will always come into a church right before a service, and the pastor will give them a couple of dollars and say, go away. And uh, I said, what are, you, what are you looking for? He said, well, I, I have a bad tire. I've got, I've got to Washington, D.C., and I need my tire changed. And he opened his trunk up. He said, there's a nice tire in there. And he said to me, that, that coffee sure smells good. I didn't even pay attention to him. There was a gentleman in my senior warden at that time, was Al. He was a CIA agent in the White House for six presidents. I said, Al, why don't you take him down to this gas station, change the tire, fill up his gas tank, and I don't know how much I gave him, 20 or $40 for gas, so he'd get to D.C. and turnpike tolls. I guess it was three or four days later, I was honored by the women of Cannesburg in Houston at a luncheon. And they were lauding and praising me for all the things I've done for the community. And when I got up to speak, I said, I'm ashamed to stand before you as a priest because I received a collect call from God and I didn't want to pay the price because every time you receive a collect call from God you will pay a price. I could have taken this individual who said my coffee smells good taken him to the undercroft where, like Pat, sets up all this good food and coffee and drink, and I could have given them something to, to, to eat. I could have invited them into the church and met the people. But my choice was just to get them out of my hair because I was concerned about David Kinsey. When God calls upon you to do something, it costs you something. When God calls you to come out and feed the people in the area, it's going to cost you. Unless you don't receive the collect call. You see, when God places requests in front of you, you have a choice. You can say yes, or you can say no. Too many people today say no. So what are you willing to pay? When people look at you, do they see the face of God? Are you willing 
to pay the price to be a Christian. And if you're willing to pay that price, it's going to cost you. And the rewards are wonderful. When you reach in your pocket and give it all, the rewards are wonderful. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you. We truly thank you for those collect calls. It girds our faith. We stand up and praise you as we feed those around us, as we take them shopping, as we shop for them, as we care for those that are lost. And so keep those calls coming because we're going to accept all of your collect calls. Amen. You've been listening to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport since 1885. Heard today were the Reverend David Kinsey and our church choir under the direction of Georgia Labetta. We invite you to join us for Sunday worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.